Hello, friends. Today's episode is sponsored by Dante Zampetti, loan officer with Movement Mortgage, specializing in helping veterans use the benefits they have earned. Know a veteran who has questions on the VA home loan benefits? Dante can help. Call him at 937-522-5419 to learn more. Dante Zampetti, NMLS number 145-256, Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS ID 39179, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I did that crap all in one breath. Boom. Boom. Uh, this episode, we we're talking about plugging your holes. Plug them. Don't get a dirty mind. Keep it open. Ben, I think this episode... Almost 20. I'm behind two on uploading. I, I so I think we're at 20. I cannot believe we've recorded 100 episodes. Thank you guys for coming on the journey with us. Our 100th episode. What a ride it has been. We are about halfway there to the million dollar giveaway. Um, again, thank you to the 25,000 of you daily listeners. Wow. What an accomplishment. 100 episodes, Trent. No one believes you. No, what no just, one. Hey, by the way, I got a I got a guy with the basic training with. And I stay in contact every once in a while. I saw he took a picture. He's gonna become like a producer or, the like whatever producer. I guess a different DJ. I was like, hey, how about yeah, throw some hot beats our way. He's like, I have some I have some things in mind. I'm like, sweet, I'll play on a podcast. We're getting original beats. We're getting original podcast beats. Wow. Why not? Is that sweet? Remember when we had uh, interviewees? No. Wow. <laughs> when we're interviewing people. People are like, we came for the interviewees, and now I have to just listen to two baboons talk for an hour every day. We do have to get back on getting people in here, especially Hugh. If anybody Hugh wants to just be on the pod, you don't have to be. I mean, you don't have to be a top producing agent. We aren't. Just, yeah, we are. I mean, we. Uh, if you just want to be on the podcast, let us know. We'd love to just have a conversation with you. Just a general podcast questions shooting the shit whatever shooting the shit if you want to be on the pod let us know so uh how's real estate biz going how's the team how are we looking we're good we're good we're starting to get back on we're starting to get uh into the routine of things Um, okay i need to do more prep for training in the future (laughs) you don't say so what i mean by that is uh, the Loken Group, uh, the Loken Group shares. They have a lot of their stuff, you know, their 30, 60, 90 yeah, plan. stole everything from there. Is just go watch this video. You know what I mean? So what I'm trying to do is I have like a YouTube database, um, like a private YouTube channel of our training that they can oh, go watch. Okay. So right? you're doing so, like a bikini record it, save it, and have people just watch it. Exactly. And, you know, it's the, the actual workings of the team and like the scripts that we're saying and how we're doing things. I'm not at the point where I can just share that out like the Loken group. Um, so we'll have it on like a private YouTube channel that they'll be invited to that they can, you know, always reference, right? Even right. even break it down to like the contract, you know, have have uh, our broker's contract class recorded so they can just go in there. And yeah, we, we tried doing that in the office. Oh, let's just find a place to upload it. Which I think a private YouTube probably would be the best route. I think to go. it's I think it's the best way to go because I don't want to have a Dropbox is a little is a little much. Dropbox, and then you have to pay. All, the, all they have to much. do is just get an invite to the YouTube channel, and it's always there. Like 
They can go to a folder that says documents. They can go to a folder that says scripts, um, technology. I mean, just everything that. So who did you listen to to get that idea? I didn't. I I just found on okay. uh, on Logan Group's thirty sixty ninety where it says watch crazy? the video of this. So Logan Group's like a huge producing team in Texas. They're going for like three thousand units or whatever. But anyways, they put everything they do online, and anyone can, you just put your email in there, you register or whatever, and anyone in the world who's a real estate agent, competitor, friend can just steal and copy everything. But yeah. The best part is that's where I got my signs for those. Uh, quickly, quickly, I stole their design. I just put my information in there. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, so I just stole their stuff. For those of you it. watching at home, it's a really nice sign. <laughs> uh, quickly is so is so simple. Like when right. you were a kid, right? I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I always rode my bike around and a house went up for sale in the neighborhood and I would always take a flyer and I'm sure real estate agents hated me for doing that. Did you uh, really? Yeah, I always did. I don't know why, but I did. Um, and now that you that was a very beneficial thing. You had to have that. Right, the flyer, the on flyer, the sign you had big. to because well, you weren't only advertising the house in the back; you put all your other listings. Yeah, on it. that was the point. But people don't do that anymore. But they also haven't done anything to, to supplement re- it. To supplement it. So putting a sign in the yard that just says "text for details" is the new flyer in the yard. That should be a standard. Yeah, and what quickly does it sends you their their cell phone number, which is and yeah. you know it's a real number. This is not you just an don't know ad. Who it is by the way. No, it's just a. It's like 99 bucks. You pay for your signs and you get a couple keywords, put them on the sign. So you use it for different things like Dayton Homes is one I put on every listing. So someone texts Dayton Homes. I know that's associated with all my listings. I got another keyword I could use for say I'm doing uh, a client giveaway. It's like, hey, text, text us at five text clients to 59559. Then any lead I get from that, I know it's coming from previous clients. Whatever yeah. it is, you can use them to track different things. You get a report every week about how many texts you got and it gets uploaded. So excuse me there so um it, it's a good way to capture and maintain focus on leads yeah. on your listings i, I gotta pull ones. i gotta pull the trigger on that i'm writing that down that'll be it today because i still get them even when they're pending so i don't like putting a sale pending sign up i like keeping a for sale up i until like we're clear close i put sale pending and then two days three days before sold i put it up i haven't marked a single house sold in probably two years just because on the sign on the sign because you, call, you, you don't get, get calls. You don't get calls. If it's pending, it's like, oh, I won't get the call. And your clients sometimes will ask, like, why don't you put it? And if you've done a good job for them at this point, they're like, oh, okay. I want to keep options open in case something happens. That's a great spin zone. Look at that. I'm like, hey, if it, how do you spell quickly for the, for the listeners at home? K-W-K-L-Y. K-W-K-L-Y. It's very simple. It's like the setup and everything. K-W-K-L-Y. Now, it's owned by Ben Kennedy Brevity. So what they're going to do is try oh, to get geez. you to do... Overity stuff. Man, um, Ben Kenny is crushing it. The largest agent in the US yeah. deals. Owns multiple training company, tech company. Yeah. Everything. But it's going great. Um, other than that, I mean, dude, we had a deal. I'm closing on it today at four thirty. Got kicked back like a week or almost two weeks now because the title company slash the bank screwed up for their buyer out of the listing. And they ordered a survey which almost no one does unless it's like this farm field or something. Is it crazy. a lot or is it? No, it's a house. Okay. So they ordered the survey. So I'll come to find out, you know, I'll jump forward a little bit. The title, so the bank said it said get Alta 9 or a survey. Alta 9 is just standard thing saying, hey, it's okay or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to do a survey. Well, they actually ordered a survey. So a survey came from Cleveland, Ohio, down to Germantown, surveyed this property. And the survey is not a real survey. It's just a general 
survey. They don't actually find like the property markers or anything like that. He shoots the survey. It says the addition on the house is over a boundary by like three feet. And the back of the house is over by like a foot. The bank's over like a boundary line. Yeah. Over like the easements. Cause there's supposed to be a sewer line there. So I'm like, okay, what's going on here? So the guy I'm selling the house for his family, like they're on the, the city board. So he's like, let me call a city engineer. So like, let's get hold of him. See what he can do. He goes out there. He's like, he's like, goes out there right away. He's like, all right, the back of the house is not an issue at all. Like the addition is pretty close, but we need an actual boundary survey. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, when they come down and do a survey, it's like they get paid a couple hundred bucks. They just shoot it and go. Yeah. He's like, if there's an issue like this, they should actually dig dug in and done a real boundary survey. So it caused all these, it basically told the title company that the house is on top of a sewer line. And I'm like, that's impossible because I go in the basement and I do not see a big city sewer line there. City engineers like you got 13 feet before, like you're right on the easement, but you're not on the sewer line or anything. So we had to go through all of this, a couple of different titles, <laughs> all this stuff to finally get You would just see this massive sewer line running through the basement. Right. So, and then we're on the easement, like we're right on the easement line, but it's all the way over there by a, the railroad tracks where the sewer line is. So it's not an issue at all. And this is a previous client of mine, helped them buy a house. And they at first had it for sale by owner, gave it a week or two. And then they let me take over. I was like, and I told her, I was like, man, can't you imagine if you're in this issue and you didn't have me? I was like, make sure you put that on my review, how I saved you guys. What'd they say? <laughs> she just laughed. She's like, oh, I will. So it was funny though, because again, nine out of 10 times selling a house isn't simple. It's, it's always like that middle negotiation thing that's an issue. So that was the first one I ever had to deal with actual survey and then try and get it fixed. But the survey wasn't going to come back down. The tile company is like, well, it's an issue, so we can't close. So it was just a whole conundrum of stuff. The other agent on the other sides was awesome with it and helped work through it. And the buyer's like, I did the final walkthrough for him yesterday. Let him see it because he's down Cincinnati. Yeah. And uh, they're like, yeah, once we saw this house, we just had to have it. So you're like, okay. That's why they didn't freak out with the boundary stuff. They, yeah. they were fine waiting to get it cleared up. So. That was, that was just interesting. Like every, I tell people all the time, like I talk to agents been in business for 20 years. They still run the stuff they never had before. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think you will always have a new thing. And I think that's why it's so important to use an agent, right? Because we may not have all the answers, but we can find an answer, but we can find an answer we and we have the resources to, you know. to find an answer. I've got, um, somebody on our team right now is working with a, uh, with a buyer that we had passed him along and. He said, yeah, they're actually going to sell their house. Some electrician decided to come out to the property and uh, said that they were interested in buying. Okay. And I told our agent, I said, I, I promise you that person is not buying that house. An electrician said he was interested in buying. He well, said. he said, well, and it doesn't matter electrician or plumber or businessman. It, if somebody says that they're interested in buying your house... I would say 4% of the time right. they buy your house. So someone saying, hey, we're interested in buying your house when no one's represented by an agent is like someone clicking, you put something on Facebook Marketplace and they click interested uh, and uh, then you go to follow up with them and you get nothing back. How do you how do you even sell a house with no agent involved? Are you, like it's not a family to family transaction. I mean, you can do it, but they got to get lawyers involved. And the best part is I love when people do a deal without an agent, which is great. If you, get, if you yeah. can in this market, I mean, you probably can. They don't ever tell you. It's like, I don't want to say it. When someone chooses a car, like a Chevy, they're like, oh, Chevy's the best. Ford sucks no matter what, even if their Chevy sucks yeah. or something, right? They get like that bias. Like they have to confirm how good it is. 
same thing when they go to sell their house on their own. You know they ran into issues, but they're like, oh no, it's super easy. I saved six percent. Yeah, our, our, the lawyer did everything. It was, it well, was let easy. me show you how we could have made you ten percent more. Well, not even that. It's just it's not as easy as they say. They're no. just making it sound easy because they want to confirm the choice they made. That's great. I point. mean, agents do the same thing. Like, oh, I'm at this brokerage because it's the best, and this is why. Like, we all do it. Yeah. No one wants to be like. Very rarely does someone say, "Oh yeah, I made a horrible choice. I should never done that." I think I was raving about the brokerage I was at until I switched to Keller Williams like until the minute I left. Yeah. Like I, mean, I knew I was leaving. It goes for anything in life really. That's a good point. It goes for anything. That's that psych major coming out of you. Well, it's just a confirmation bias. You're just going to confirm like it's with politics right now. You're going no matter what, you're all in on your one side, no matter yeah. what anyone else says and you're kind of screwed. But it's just funny like you know there's issues and if people are honest about it, if they had to go back and not have, if, if they could have someone else take it over and not lose any money, they would have done it. Yeah. Anyone does that. That's why people get a CPA. But the, the issue is they're going to come back and, and ask our agent advice. And unfortunately, you can't give it, or you, you can't give that advice because you're not, you're not representing them in that transaction. You're representing them in the purchase of their home. Right. But I, I cannot give you advice on the sale of your house. If I'm not represented, here's a contract, sign it. And I can talk for it. Just like yeah. a lawyer. Lawyers don't do anything. They're well, like, come to my office and I'll bill you because if I do it without billing you legally, I'm in trouble. Yeah. I'm not covering my insurance. Well, I mean, because you have to be an actual client. Well, I, I don't, I don't see the problem with that. I don't know. But, um, let's talk about plugging your holes. So I'm, <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to hear about you plugging your holes. Trent. I love plugging holes. So, if you got your mind in the gutter, get it out. So I heard this great thing that I thought would be something interesting to talk about is everyone has like this bucket, call it your business or whatever you want. And everyone wants to, when they get in real estate or any other business, they just want to get all these leads, all this business to start rolling. But once you're in the business for a while, I think a lot of people forget. They're like, let's just get more and more leads. They forget to stop, look at their bucket, which is like your business and see where all your holes are. Are they at the top of it? Like where you get a lead or at the very bottom of closing it? Are they in the middle like in your in your holes are basically gaps in either your people you don't have or yeah. the people that suck that you need to get rid of and find new or they're in the system and processes that you don't have solidified. So, you know, you get all these new leads in, how you stay in contact with them because they're all not converting, right? Yep. So you're losing those or you're losing those in the middle of the bucket, whereas maybe you get too many leads and you don't talk to anyone, so you lose it at the top. Yep. Maybe you get clients that fall through in the middle of a transaction because you didn't explain it well enough or keep them up to date and they get scared and they fall out or at the end of the deal, sometimes you can't plug those holes because they just fall through, but there's always a reason why and you could have mitigated that. So a, a good way to look at it too would be your funnel, right? Right. Your sales funnel. Yeah. I, I sales funnel. bucket. I've, yeah. I've seen this exact. I like the bucket analogy drawn up as a sales funnel, like where they come in. Right. Okay. What's your conversion rate? Specifically there? lead oriented. I'm yeah. talking about bucket as a, the whole business, the whole business. Oh, okay. not just lead. I mean, yes, leads, you got the funnel and you got to plug those up where they, your leads fall out because you want to bring them all down the bottom where you make money. Yeah. But the bucket is your whole business and where are all those leads from transaction coordination to, um, following up with their clients a year two, five years. Down so the it's road. not only it, it, uh, is your, your bucket. Are you, are your, are there holes in your transaction management? Are there How holes do you plug that your whole business, man? Are there holes in your marketing? So take your funnel analogy, yep. which everyone knows a sales funnel. You know, people are going to fall out of it. That's a different analogy. But imagine the sales funnel is your top part of your bucket. Okay. Middle part is your administrative transaction stuff. And then say the bottom is more like the follow up with your clients after you close into closing. Yep. Right. 
Because then, at least with Keller Williams, you want to maintain the relationship contact because you used to be able to close 67% of your previous clients. Now it's about 50% because all the online stuff is capturing them. Other people are like Zillow and Realtor. So how can you focus quick, on that bottom? Quick touch on that. If you're an agent, realize that your business no longer can stop after the sale. How are you providing value to your clients mm-hmm. after? Because if you, are provi- if you aren't providing value to your clients after they buy your house or sell or sell a house, right. Zillow, Trulia, Realtor, start they there. all are. And they are providing the value. Right. Because there's value in that. But you need to have more value. Right. So what do you, yeah. So what do you do? Like I just met with an agent today, we're talking about it. And she does most of her business off referrals and just people calling her. I was like, okay, great. Now imagine if you actually like stay in contact with them. Yep. 30, 12, 24 times a year. I would almost guarantee you get 20, 24 percent more business. She's oh. like, Yeah, you're probably right. Okay. So why don't you? <laughs> Well, it's, it's not like, it, why don't you? I, like, they haven't thought about it. Like, I, 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 depending on where you come from. That yellow brick road um, that they mm-hmm. talked about uh, at Mega Camp, um, how everybody knows the yellow brick road to get to Oz. Right. Like, everybody knows the path. Yes. You just gotta, Nobody does it. No That's one the difference. It like, all the way. Success is, is success. The map to success is laid out. Like, I know if I made 250 phone calls a day, and that takes me three hours. I know if I blocked out nine to noon every single day, made 250 phone calls, right. that I would have a $25 million business. But guess what I don't do? The 250 phone calls. 250 phone calls. Why? Be- so, laziness. So what could you do to plug that hole then? How many times am I going to tell everybody that I'm going to time block my nine to noon? But that's to so, me. Okay. Let's, like, let's get rid of that excuse. You know you're not making the calls. Yes. So how else are calls going to get made? Nobody else is going. To, well, I. You're not making all the calls, so you make a hundred oh, calls. I know what you're taught. I know how you're else, trying to get me to an inside sales rep. No, I'm just saying I, you don't have to. How many? How are you going to get the other 150 calls made? The under the the 250 calls needs to happen. Oh damn, I'm trying. I'm good. You're asking questions that I don't. I know probably the answer because again we talk about the yellow brick road, but mm-hmm. I don't want to answer them. So I'll answer for Because I want to say, well, I'll just time block and I'll make the calls. Yeah, but I did it. That's not scalable. I stopped doing that. Yeah. I st- basically almost stopped making calls all in general besides to my clients because I maintain the business and I know I need to make those calls. Yeah. For the goals I was going for for next year, it's like those goals have to be made to people I'm not making. Yeah. So I just bit the bull. I was like, if I'm not making them, someone has to. And I heard someone argue, you know, if you're not making calls, have your agents. And they're like, some guy said wrong. You're like, why? Like, if you want consistent scripts and calls and conversion, have your ISA make the calls because your ISA is, and, and knows the script, does it, sets it. Going. Your buyer's agent's more concerned about other stuff or any other agents worried about doing some other things. They can make client calls from past, but if you want consistent conversations with conversion ratios that are consistent, and your ISA is good or you know their numbers, then you can figure out if he's making 100 or she's making 150 so, calls. Well, what we okay. did was I'm not quite ready to give up our current market and having somebody else do those calls. But those calls need to be happening too. So we brought our other our new agents are calling in a new market that we want to work. Right. So I know that my scripts aren't going to be the same down there, but we're getting into that market through them. Okay. And that's and eventually they will have enough listings and buyers brought on that they can't be making that calls. So they're at that same point. So at that point, yes. now we bring on the ISA. But why I mean, you kind of missed the whole prospect of building on Yes. Your business the way you should, but why now not bring how do them I, on anyways? How do I circle back to model? 
is what I'm trying to get because I've got the people I want, but how do I circle back on the model? That's our big dilemma right now. So you bring on the ISA OSA. Well, I right need now. to bring on the admin first. I need to bring thought, on two admin first. Well, we have you don't have so you do and you don't. So even Ben Kenny broke the broke the model because he knows admin could do over hundred transactions. So it was him, one other buyer's agent, and the admin, and she did over hundred transactions. I know my That's admin hiring could do the it. right person. Yeah, but think about it this way: if your admin's dealing mostly with listings and a little less buyer contracts, it's way easier. You're just sitting back waiting for it documents all right <laughs> and I, timelines to hit i want to throw out this to you and now we're all over the place but we not always really have, you're filling up filling, filling up the up hole because your whole started with isa calls you're making all, all right. these excuses here's why you're not making the calls here, i said hire an isa here's one thing for you yeah okay so our buyers agents were saying how do we prospect buyers like how do we cold call buyers and i sat there cool call sellers <laughs> i i was trying i was like how do i get them like circle prospecting and uh i agent in our office um ryan came in and ryan runs probably a 30 million dollar team seventh level so he's pretty i I would say all the agents combined do 30 25 maybe i think they're getting up to mid 20s they yeah so they're mid 20s and i asked i said what do you guys do to prospect buyer leads he says we are a hundred percent seller prospecting team but we're 50 50 so that answered it for me i was like so what i said before you got this long lengthy story is prospect sellers. Yeah, but buyers. I told the story <laughs> to add drama, Trenton. I love when I'm right. You, you were right, but my story added drama. It had another level to the pod. Yeah, but you got to get... so because to get people to listen. Right, but here's the difference. So I did ISA, admin, me, and I was working on hiring a buyer's agent. So what I'm trying to do is provide the admin and the lead. So when they come in, it's good. Now you're working backwards. So I think you need to go hard on Facebook leads with all your listings run $50 leads or $30 leads per listing. If you're getting about a dollar lead off the Facebook ads that we run and you have how many listings? Uh, we have seven right now. So I got seven listings and say you get 30 leads per listing. That puts you at 2,210. 20, yeah. 2,100 listing, 2,100 buyer leads supposedly with a uh, few, how do you, three 30, wait, 220, that's 210, three 30 listing, 30 leads per listing. listing. That's okay. 310. Okay. No. Yeah. 210. 210. You're, oh my God, we are struggling. 200. Uh, yeah, I was thinking 30 70. Time, 30 times why. 7 yeah, equals so, 210. So that's 200 buyers. That, that's 200 buyers potentially that they could follow up on. Yeah, but at a 1% conversion rate. Doesn't matter. They're still. So here, here's the, how you got to think about it. The conversion rate's better on expires and terminated. But they can call, but they're not But they're not listing agents. They're buyers agents. So why do you care? The point is the buyer makes those calls. They each get 100, 100 buyers, right? They make the initial call. It's 100 phone calls, get it done in a day or two, yep. right? Some of them are going to be bad numbers, whatever. Get rid of them however you want to do it. But they just put them on a smart plan to follow up with them on a monthly or quarterly basis, and you're still following up. You just yep. build that pipeline to where they're making 50 calls from previous buyer leads, and they get 50 more new buyer leads to where they're inundated with following up on buyers all the time, and they're going to find the key ones. Then yeah. you move them to cultivate, and you just stay in contact with them. But you just got to get the leads, filter them in, and then prospect. That's that's about the only way you're going to do it, unless you buy a shit ton of buyer leads somewhere. I don't have that kind of money. I know. So go spend thirty bucks for gotta thirty cancel, leads. I got to cancel Zillow. I'm getting rid of the beast, guys. Why? I just don't love it. How how long have you given it? Six months. And how many closings? Three. At a total of what GCI? Uh, four. 15,000. 
And how much did it cost you for six months? Six months, I personally spent twelve hundred bucks. I mean, it's a great return. Ten x return. So, what did you pay out? What did your company get out of that? So twelve thousand, you said. Yeah. What did the Bolton Group after you paid your buyers agents get out? Ten thousand. So you got ten thousand. Well, we have not paid out the buyers agents yet. Oh, they weren't working those. They were not working those. Okay. So assume that we would make five thousand dollars. I think you're that. thinking you're getting a lot. You're we're, we're, a lot getting a, leads, we're getting a we're getting a one in four return. I mean, I'd I'd keep it. Why? So, but what if I go spend that five hundred or however much money we're spending on that on Facebook leads? Good. And now we have more leads. So, I guess you got to run the question. The hole you want to plug is it? The hole I want to plug is leads. So I had this con- literally had this conversation before. Everyone wants leads. No one looks at what they're closing. Literally had this conversation this morning. The regional director of press. He's like, all agents care about is leads, but they don't ever look at what they're actually closing. Because yes. we're talking about recruiting agents. He's like, you know, so how do you get agents get leads? Because that seems like all they want, but no one focuses on closing. So are you worried about getting leads or actually making money? Oh, tough guy. You know what we our answer is. I know, but it's like. So where are you spending your money right now? My ISA, my admin. Oh, true. That's fifteen hundred bucks a month for your ISA or for your admin? for my ISA. What's your admin making? Uh, about twelve a month. Twelve hundred total, probably after taxes and everything in there. Yeah, that's not bad. No, I mean she's only here four days for five to seven hours, so but she's not full time. You got her scaled to go full time. Yeah, like I told her, I was like, hey, towards some stuff that's coming up that you're probably gonna be working full time. Yeah. Like nine to five, eight to five. Yeah. So she's only like nine to three. So it's not a ton. I mean, it's what she wants. So it works. Yeah. Uh, for some other stuff she has going on. But I mean, yeah, you could go buy Facebook leads, which I'm always for and get rid of Zillow. And then you just got to make sure you run the right Facebook leads. But you got to make sure you can work them. You have the process to follow up with them because yeah. you're going to get all those leads. I got, go- I got 106 Facebook leads sitting in the lead pool right now. I haven't touched. Yeah. And I'm like, I almost stopped doing Facebook leads. I'm like, I don't, I can't follow up with them. I can't actually maintain a real conversation. Why don't you pass those to me and our team will close them for you? Okay, 50% referral fee. I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> What'd you pay for those leads? Oh, my lead average is under a dollar lead. So that's $106. I'll give you I'll give you 100 bucks right now for you all. You said $5 per lead. I'll take $512. I'll give you $530. I will give you $100 right now. No, because they're worth way more than that. How much are they worth? If you follow up with them long enough and... And say some of them die and some of them can't ever buy a house. Uh, say half of them have the potential to buy are a you house. Gonna, are you going to call them? Three grand. No, my ISA will. And my buyer's agents when? will. Uh, once I've heard settled in on all my other leads Listen, that already, are higher conversion ratio. I've already ran the same Facebook ad. Now they're in my portal. My system's going. Why don't you just pass them off to me? Nothing's free, baby. But anyways, yeah. so you worry about leads is your number one hole. So... You may not be. I think you were thinking when you got Zillow, you're going to get a lot more leads than you were. I think I, I think I knew that we weren't going to get that that many leads. Now again, they are the, the reason you pay the premium is because they are supposed to be higher conversion. Rate. Yeah, I would say that they're much higher conversion rate. They're than, not. They're like maybe two to three percent. I think I'm getting better than that though. Uh, I was too, to be honest with you. Here's the thing though: when you get l- less leads, you're gonna have higher conversion. Yeah. The people I hear they're getting a two to three, maybe one percent conversion are doing a crap ton of leads, so their numbers are different. Yeah, they're paying ten thousand dollars a month. Yeah, so they're getting a crap ton of leads. So pay ten grand a month to get a lot of leads and high conversion, or kind stick a, with that. Uh, if anybody wants to give me ten grand a month, let me know. 
<laughs> just le- hedge it out, get a credit card. Yeah, I'm just gonna leverage. I'm just. I, you should bet on the Bengals game. You would have had the ten grand to do it. If anybody did not see the Bengals plus six as being an absolute winner, you're <laughs> a crazy person. But um, so yours is leads, right? Yes, my, so that's the top of your butt. I, I would say that the number one hole in our business right now is a general systems and models. Yeah, because you're just afraid. Like you got these people. I know I can get leads. You were worried about making calls. Like I said it before to you, you got to leverage those listings, figure out how to maximize them, like quickly leads. Um, I'm not gonna say you're gonna get 20 texts off of them. You might. Um, I always feel like you get a lot of sign calls on yours. We get a ton of sign calls, and I don't. I I do not. I do not leverage it out enough. Yeah, because you don't have your own sign with your own number on it. You have to wait for the office to call, and you're missing them left and right. I know. You're so cheap. I am so cheap. I've got to start spending money. Go buy 10 money. signs for 450 bucks. I've got to start spending money. You don't have to spend money, but a sign that has your name with lead agent and then your buyer's agent sign underneath of it for five bucks a sign. What do you think about putting your face on the sign? I don't like it. I don't like it either. Only I don't like it because my goal isn't to make me the face of the team. It's just, I want people to see the barger team and just, oh, they do a lot of deals. I don't want my face yeah. on it because I don't want them to expect me every I, single time. I, the ultimate goal is yeah. that someone can go answer the call or phone. They don't you, care. You don't go into Walmart and expect to see one of the Walton kids. Yeah, you're not gonna see Sam Walton there. Yeah, like mostly because he's dead. But but like it, you're you're. I literally said that to Anna today. I, I, I was like, I said, like, you don't see Sam. She's like, who's that? I'm like, he owned. He started Walmart. <laughs> I I think but that yeah. I, I I I do not like the face being the brand. And I like and I also like not putting on that puts it puts you in a place of like I gotta grow this team. Yeah, I mean, if your face is on it, you're okay with you being the main person. But I don't want to be the main person for the rest of my life. Yeah. I do not want to be putting signs in yards at 60 years old. You can sell, unless you enjoy it. Unless you enjoy just doing Unless the you really enjoy doing I think it would be fun if you could legit step away, see if it could run itself. Obviously, you're going to make a lot less money, which is part of it. But you step away, if you can run it yourself and if you can get back into it, later but it's 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 creating a passive income for yourself i mean look at right. look at some of these top I know, people. i'm just saying like like i never understood when people are like oh, i've got like four or five businesses running i'm like what do you <clears throat> what do you mean you have four or five businesses running it's like well no i worked really hard for five years i built this up i brought the right people in now right. it runs itself and then i went and started something else right and i still get 25 percent of the income yep like that's I never understood that until recently. Because no one looks at real estate as a business. It's themselves doing it. They don't think about setting up for like I said it a hundred times. They don't think about an admin as like a secretary answering the phone. They don't think about having salespeople on the floor. They don't uh-huh. think about having a marketing department. Like all the good teams, they run it that way. Now a lot of people say in production because that's where they're making most of the money. If they would leave, instead of making three, four hundred thousand, they're gonna make like a hundred thousand. Which is again, if it is a passive source of you are going on to do different things. Right. That's great. Yeah, but they probably just don't want to step out. They're like making the good money. They're they're building it. They don't want to. There's a lot of people who do a lot of business at st- with a big teams, but they like being in it. Yeah. Like we talked about, I'm more like I want mine to do a bunch of other stuff once it's set up and to go. Yeah, I like the I like the idea of running the team. I don't like the idea of dropping signs. Right. Does that yeah. make sense? I yeah. love I love I think I will absolutely be on the team until I retire. I don't think I'll ever get to a seventh level. Because I do love the nature of the business. That's right now. Ten years, twenty years, years, it'll it'll always change. You never know where it's going to go. But I do think I was hearing now. Like, there's one guy. He's like, what do you say? 
He's like, I do something. And then I just try to find someone as fast as possible to take that over. Yeah. He, he was like a sort of like, he does a lot of businesses. He has like four or five or six. He's like, I'll do sales. And then my, my goal is to find someone who can do it better than me faster. As soon as I take over a role, I want to find someone to replace me. Yeah. And they're like, why? He's like, because I don't want to be, I won't work. I work on the businesses, not in them. Yep. I don't want to work in them. I want to build multiple businesses. So you can either make 500 grand from five or 10 businesses or make 500 grand from one business. Yeah. It's however you want to work it. So it's just interesting to think about huh. filling that bucket, son. So I think a lot of people don't have anything. They don't have a lead source besides what's just given to them. They don't have admin or system processes. So it's like, where do you get those? Or what's, how do you start that? What's your biggest hole right now? Oh, let's see. So, I mean, yes, you could always use more leads, but I feel like I'm doing good at that. I think it is the follow-up with all my leads that I am missing. Okay. How do you get better at that? Well, one was, you know, like the ISA. Well, I shouldn't say ISA because my ISA is solely about prospecting new leads. The follow-up would be me actually setting up the follow-up plans, like smart plans for every single lead I have. And then, so let me, let me rephrase it. So the Mets, I have a pretty good one with the 36 touch. We're working client events, things like that. The not Mets, I'm really bad at following up with. Like I'm at the point now where I'm busy enough. I need, it's kind of twofold. I need like a buyer's agent to help me offload stuff. Cause I'm only working people that we talked about before are hot and ready pretty much now or next month or two. And every, everyone else, I'm kind of just be like, okay, let me call me when you're ready, which is bad, so but it's only where I'm at right now. I don't think, I think it's super easy for your have not met. You haven't earned a right to put them on a drip campaign, in my opinion. Uh, depends on what it is. Uh, well, if it, if I I'm, know you talked about that in the class, but yeah, it's, if I'm prospecting expires and terminated, right. And they say, we're not interested right now. We're interested in January. Okay. I'm not going to put them on a touch campaign because that becomes disingenuous. Now, hey, what, John. I appreciate that now. And I'll follow up with you in January if that's okay. Like, yeah, you can call me then. I was like, in the meantime, can I send you a monthly report of your, just your neighborhood? It just shows you what's for sale, what's sold in your area. So you can keep an eye on it. If things change, you can call me sooner. Is that okay? Great. If you get, sure. if you get permission, sure. Hey, John, what's a good email for you? No, just throw it in there anyways. If you, The worst they do is they delete or unsubscribe. I don't know, man. It's it's a super passive, like non-confrontational way to like send it out. It's no different than someone mailing you something. Oh, why would they put this in my mailbox? Just email it to them and be like, there's a monthly neighborhood nurture or your neighborhood report. They're going to click on it and be like, oh, Jane and Frank down the road have their houses for $250? We couldn't sell ours for $230 and theirs is smaller than ours. You're going to have to show me how that looks at command. Just I test everything on myself first. Send it to yourself. See what it looks like. But it just pops up with your neighborhood. So whatever it is, Hillcrest. And then it just shows what houses How are How accurate sale. are the neighborhoods getting? As accurate as the people in the towns who make the neighborhoods. Okay. Because I've seen... It's whoever got on it first and made the neighborhood. Really? That's all it is. You have to live there. You have to cur- go on a map and draw out what your neighborhood is. And then that's what it is. Now, what if I want to send a, like a, a neighborhood nurture to Yankee Trace? Yankee Trace. And then you can select multiple neighborhoods. So when they get the email and they open it up... They can go through Yankee Trace, Centerville, all the one. They can click through each neighborhood and see what is going on in that neighborhood. And what if Yankee Trace hasn't been established yet? Then I do everything around it. Okay. Does it make sense? So somebody in the neighborhood has to draw the neighborhood. On next door, someone in that specific neighborhood. Okay, so it syndicates from next door. Yes. You knew that. Not a Keller Williams ad, but man, Command is pretty smart. So 
it's whoever creates it. They partnered up with them. So the neighborhoods are super specific and only finds houses for sale or sold in that area. Yeah. So just do that for an expired. What's the worst that happens? It's a pretty good point, Trent. Because they're going to forget about you by January. That's why I'm, I'm big, I will, I will I'm big tell on you, saying I they get, say, they say, hey, follow up with me. Say call them in June. They say call us in January. I'd be like, so what the hell is I, the difference? I, call in September I, like, hey, just shot checks. Hey, it's Trent, Kevin Williams. Um, I just wanted to give you an update. Do you want me to call you or send you an email with some information that's going on? And they'd be like, who? They're, I guarantee they're going to be like, who's this? Like, hey, I spoke to you back in June. Your house expired. You said you want to sell in January. So I just want to give you some information about what's happened from June until November. Um, just give you an update on what's going on. Do you yeah. want me to give you a call or would you rather me email you that information? And the email is going to be like not a neighborhood nurture. It's just going to be me typing something up like, Hey, you know, you guys had 50 houses for sale, 45 sold, two got taken off the market, three expired, haven't gone back up. Average sale price is this, which is $120 square foot, where in June it was 116. So you got up four bucks a square foot pretty much. And most houses that came up haven't been updated. And this is auto and, and this is automatic? No, this is what I would do personally. That's okay. where the personal touch comes in. That's something I would do because it's like, you don't know if they decide to sell before that. But the, their neighborhood search will tell them that. Because this is literally, I feel like a cheat code that I don't want to be telling people. Their neighborhood search will give them the information on houses that are for sale in there. Now they okay. can click and get like more specific. Like if you go to the website. Now you is that automatically actual. set them up on your app? No, they have to download it. Okay. Well, I'm saying what I would do six months after, like if they say follow up with me yeah, here, yeah, yeah, six yeah. months in, I'll shoot them an email like, or text. Be like, hey, it's Tramp Kevin Williams. You want me to follow up with you next January, but I just want to reach out here in July and give you some information about what's been going on at the market, specifically in your neighborhood, about where the sales price point is, price per square foot. Do you want me to call and go over that with you, or do you want me to shoot you an email? You give them an option. They're going to say email it over. Yeah. And like, great, what's your email again? They confirm it. You now for sure have their email, and you type up your personal email just saying, hey, this is what's kind of going on. This is the stats I have. Um, I'll set you up on a monthly neighborhood drip. Not monthly neighborhood, so it only tells you about houses in your neighborhood, so you can keep in touch on stuff. Okay. No one's gonna say no. Yeah, no one says no. Why do they not want free information? Zillow does automatically. You have a safe search. They send you shit all the time. Yeah, down you. <sighs> Providing value you over. Are, uh, I know. I said that in my class yesterday. If you haven't had the chance, <laughs> Never uh, it. yes, you did. I Facebook lived it for a little bit. You had to turn it off at the end. I know. I don't know why. Oh, because you broke some rules and regulations. <laughs> um, we started talking about not calling the do not calls. Gotcha. That makes sense. Because I told Anna you were down through computer, but I saw people were still in there. Yeah, I know. Um, so I don't know. That's where I'm at. Just following up, maintaining contacts you said we'll buy in like a year from now. Because I'm just so focused on what's going on now and maintaining that. Um, and keeping my business fluctuating and consistent. If you provide value through that, you're the one who's sending them the information over the next 12 months. Yeah. I like that. You got, and I still think you have to read, not just emails, but you still have to do a quarterly. You want to know a big hole in mine right now, Trent? What? I don't spend as much time learning about command as I should. You don't spend enough time learning about the business as you should. I think I learn. I, I study it. I, do you read it? I've read it. You read the book. I do read the book. You sure? I, when I built my class, I pulled that thing out. I've got, I've got it all highlighted. He's Did you do it before you hired people. Uh, he's got the MREA out. Listen, I, I'm, I, I got the MREA. You're the hobo shack. I am the I'm hobo shack. I'm trying to build a solid foundation house. Just check stats though. Fine. Check stats for the year from now. 
a year from now. But no, so I think that's a good one. I mean, what else is there? I mean, you don't have an admin. I don't have an admin. What's your follow-up and system process for that? For my admin? For building an admin? Well, what are you doing Where now? Does, does the land, the, now we're just having a conversation. Does the Loken Group, I can't find their 30, 60, 90 for their admin. It's in there because I, I printed it off or it's on my computer or something. Okay. I, I took gonna, one from I'm it. I'm going to have to get, it, get that. It's in me. there. I know it is. So the, Should be. A, a, another hole, uh, we are not admin brain. We are. Just salesy. We're, you and I are both very salesy. You know that to be the case. You, I think, I think you do, so. I think you, you're I'm a little in between. I, I'm very much between. salesy and admin is not my strength. So when I'm trying to build this 30, 60, 90 for the admin, I'm like, I don't know what to help to put in this same so i'm trying to find yeah i'm like i don't i can't i can go build a 30 60 90 for because i can i can work back and if i was a new agent i would say this is what you need to do for your first 90 days that's easy but then to do it as an admin it's like i don't know what i'm supposed to do now when i hired my i'm like this is a fluid situation (laughs) i was like like, let i was like i'm just gonna ramble a bunch of stuff you just break it down and process it so Really, what I'm doing, my, having my admin do right now is like, hey, we're going to go back. And I was like, we are going to write down. I'm going to do like what I do on the buy sale side of things. You're going to do everything after that until close. Literally a step-by-step index 100% bam, 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 bam of how things fluctuate and go through yeah. and who does what. Which admin stuff should 99% be her. The buy sale side, how I walk through, kind of what I say, the situations, and try and nail every single thing out. So if someone came in, I could be like, here, this yeah. is how we handle it. And I got to get the admin on. So if someone came in, I can be like legit, give her the paperwork to input a listing, to close a list and do everything. So we're trying to get that hammered down next month or so just legit. So she, she's there, but I haven't been on her enough to be like, cause she'll ask me like, Hey, do you want me to put this sold? And I'm like, I told her, I was like that stuff. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. The post don't ask me, just, just hammer it that out. That book that we read, um, for ALC is a, it does agent leadership council. If you're not a color Williams agent um, is I actually enjoyed the 12, like just the overview of it. Oh yeah. I made her read it. Yeah. I'm like here, this is pretty much everything I have. <laughs> um, I think that it does a really good job. What is the book called? So we can plug it, but uh, the team handbook. Yeah. The team hand handbook, hand workbook. Anna, what's the book called? <laughs> um, it's uh it, but it basically says like, listen, we are in this business. You are not a manager, Trent. You're a leader, right? right? So I'm expecting you to manage yourself, right? So don't ask me questions about, do I need to market a sold? Just do it. I, I don't. Right. It, 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 if you have a question about a contract, look up the answer. If you really can't find the answer, then call me. If you, um, I don't know. It's just, there's so many it's how we follow. We're just scattered. I we're think very scattered. I think if you tell people and they understand like their role is not just to be your admin, their role is to help develop that role and set all the processes up. They're cool. They're like, Oh, okay. So you're not just processing paperwork. Like at a secretary job, like if you hire a secretary for your admin, like the tasks are similar in a way, Yes. but at the same time, you're going to develop those tasks. They're going to be yours in the way that you think they should be done because I don't do them right. <laughs> There's yeah. a reason why I'm hiring you. The reason you I'm hiring you is, is because to do it. I don't know how to do that. I don't do it because I think I, sh- I have to because everyone else has one. I'm doing it because when that gets taken on my plate, I can do more business and focus more and you're going to be 
I think if you give them like tell them which they are, they are a key aspect of your business. Like you're not just a person that I can fill in with anyone else. No. Like you're not just looking at a calendar and answering phone calls for people at like an architect company or something like that. Like you're legit part of the business where you'll be reaching out and contacting people in a good manner, not like a sales, but just reaching out and maintain business with hey, them. Hey, this is Tony over at the Bolton Group. Just want to make sure everything's going smooth. Do you uh, have any questions? Do you have any questions along this point that I can pass along to Ben? Nope, right. everything's great. Thanks. Awesome. They need to be doing that. Wow, Jesus. Now we're talking. Let's go, Trent. Keep it running, right? Uh, so the admin does that part of it. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I'm trying to think. I just try to fault. I just, MRA is like the Bible for the business book for me right now. I figure if I follow that, everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. But right. the one part I'm really bad at is the numbers. Like you track all your stupid calls and everything hardcore, which here's the thing. I don't do that. But when I hire people, I will make them do that. Yeah. Like my essay says, I made 97 calls, had five contacts. I made 97 calls and have one lead. Now, those aren't very good numbers, but she's also calling very low conversion stuff, circle yeah. prospecting. And it'll come. But I gave her better leads. I'm like, all right, here are some better leads. I need you to start scheduling appointments now. So Here are uh, these e-buyer leads. Go, call Here's uh, our My call is about 85 calls per appointment. But here's the here's right. the here's the caveat to that. You're calling expires and terminates. No, no, no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so if we're calling expires and terminates, right? Yep. The average first call is going to be about 100 to 150 to 170 calls for an appointment. The way you work that number down mm -hmm. is you've had contacts with people. So I don't count first calls. I just count dials. So right. I've called somebody the third time and I get an appointment. Yeah, it, I count that as an appointment. Now it it takes because I've got so many contacts that I've made over the five right. years of prospecting expired. So your appointments are a lot better. My appointments are a lot better. I can yeah. go into my command right sense. now and find an appointment. Yeah, I mean that that's just the truth, right? Because it, it, it's uh, this analogy at Dot Loop was always so funny that this happened when we were cold calling. Right, the uh, sales floor manager would say, "All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a rapid dials for an hour." Okay. And whoever schedules the most appointment gets a thousand dollars. Nice, right? And then all of a sudden, people—you know—you're supposed to schedule two appointments a day, right? And then all of a sudden, you scheduled six in an hour. It's like you know how to do it. It's just what motivates you, what's getting you to do it. What motivates you to get you to do it? Like why? Why do I not? So you just need to find like you may, you become more purposeful with your calls when something like that happens. So I run. So how do you do that every single day? That's How do you make issue. that perfect? That, here's the here's the problem. Oops, sorry. It's not it's not an issue because so my ISA she makes ninety seven calls. She uses Vortex single dialer, so I can literally it's called Paul. So cool thing I never knew they had before I even did it. I just know she needed to make the calls for me to for me to be fair for her to hold her accountable. I couldn't be hand dialed and everything. Yeah, but that it has a thing called Pulse. Yep. So it tells her like how many calls, contacts, how long so it's she's easy been on for the her phone. to track it, and I can see who and all that stuff yeah, and how dot, long she's been on. So Dot Loop broke awesome. it down to like. Am I allowed to say all this? I don't, I don't know what your contract said. Uh, they, Yacht Yoop broke it down to like average minutes on a call, which was, I thought, very unique. Average minute? Call. Average time on a call. Okay. So like they could tell, are you being purposeful with your calls or not by that? Because if your average time was 30 seconds you know who's answering and not answering. Like I can look at my CRM and be like, this person never answers, this person never answers, but you still dial them. But if you've got a, you know, a 15 minute average, they're like, 
okay, he's being very purposeful with his calls. He's having real conversations. He's having real conversations where some days, I mean, some days you go on the sales floor, you've, you've been on a sales floor and you're like, I don't want to talk to anybody. So you're looking through your CRM, like they're not going to answer. I still have to hit my numbers. Right. So I'll call them. Yep. Oh, that one went straight to voicemail last time. I'll call that one. So I, I've seen it both ways. I've been in business where you need to make the dials and a time on the phone. Yep. And all you got was people. It's like so in real estate, it's not that way because people are making calls. Make their money's not made on telephone yes. number calls. It's made on sales done, which I like a lot better because we have people that will call a number, listen to voicemail, redo the voicemail three or four times to make one call last fifteen minutes. Yep. But but I, you don't get anywhere so either. So here's, here's, that's why I hate the sales. No. So right? here's here's what I argue with that. I am very much an activity-based person. The activity right. breeds the results. You are very much results-oriented. 100%. You, and and I, I get that. But I literally activity, told, my, I told my ISA, I was like, I don't care if you make 20 calls and get 20 appointments. I, you could screw out the rest of the month. But you, but That's the, it. the activity breeding the results is saying, okay, why aren't you getting the results? Well, you're not doing the activity. Right. I, I get it. I'm not saying I'm right. No, I just don't I, like the I, those. I think those are told. My, my dad I'm is more the of a same macro. way as you. He's like, no, it's a results business. And I'm like, yes, but how do you get the results? Through the activity. Right. But see, there's where it's like the catch 22. It's like, okay, someone could be like, well, I'm making 400 calls a day. I'm not doing anything. Like, Then they're not right for your business because no, I, I, I'm exaggerating. Say they're okay. making like, man, I'm making 100 calls. What's happening? So it's one or two things. Either they're not calling people because they just want to hit the call numbers or um, they can't convert on the on the phone. So where's it at? So it becomes, if they, here's where I look at it. If you are doing the activity, mm-hmm. right? And you're not showing up, you are not holding yourself accountable to be purposeful in your calls. And that's for one reason, either you're scared for somebody to answer. And right. if you're scared for somebody to answer inside sales isn't for you. No sales is for you. No sales is for you. Nothing. But a lot of times that's the issue, Right. Maybe you don't have your scripts or you're scared because you don't know what to say when they I think answer. it's just lazy. Like what's the motivation? So when I worked at the other company for, you know, people make calls because they weren't making shit. So they're like, okay, I'll just, I'll get some bonus off the calls because they knew if they sold stuff, their pay for being sold was like nilch. Right. Yeah, so you have to demonstrate to them why they're making calls. Yeah, that's why I like real estate because it's like, I don't care what you do. Your goal is to get 44 buyers closed this year. Yep. How are we going to do that? I'm like, here's the leads, here's the numbers, make the calls. Like some big real estate teams, like you have to make this many contacts and too many calls. Like Tim Hiles like that. But also heard my coach said, like, he doesn't really give a shit because as long as a person's closing deals, they can make 10 calls a month. But if they're closing four deals like they're supposed to, he doesn't care. So the, the only I, reason he hammers down on the calls and numbers is if they're not doing their job. See, yes. So I, I get that's great. So point. that's why I like the I'm like, results not, oriented. Yeah. I am results oriented when it comes to your goal. If you're hitting right. your goal, I don't give a rat's ass how you hit your goal. But if you're not hitting your goal, I need to see the activities being done. And that's how it is at the last sales floor we were at, right? Right. They don't there's a guy in that on that team who probably made 10 calls a day, but he crushed. I'm pretty sure he got promoted to a sales manager now. See, he's like the guy I am. I'm very precise in my calls. He was very What's precise. my highest conversion or who who's more likely to convert, but, not but, just calling but the reason is people. he has motivation to call, right? He he trusts the product. He knows the product. He knows that he's helping people. So his scripts sound like every call I make, I feel like I'm saving somebody. And he would crush it and everybody would be like, well, I just made 75 calls. And he's like, well, I made 10 and I scheduled five appointments and closed the deal. 
Right. And he's like, my calls were 30 minutes each. That's what I'd rather have. I told, I told my ass, hey, I'm fine with you having a 15-minute conversation instead of making 15 calls in that time. I would rather have that a right. thousand percent. No no, no argument there. But right. if I don't see results, I need to see the activity. And if I know what the goals are, yeah, I need to show you, demonstrate I'm you just, through activity. It's so weird. I'm just like so up in the air about both of those because it's like I've been in there where like they require you to make calls. You know what people do? I fell asleep on my desk. So I'm like, I'm fucking stuck here for eight hours. Yeah. They're like, make 26 calls or two and a half hours on the phone. I'm like, that stuff doesn't motivate. Like, I, they're, they're, there's, just, I'm just different. I understand that. There's other people who are motivated so that way. It's I just weird. A, a, a I'm hard time thing, boxing a, a myself. The unique thing there. about our job, though, is we can, we can interview around finding people. Like, those sales floors, right? right those sales floors, those jobs are a dime a dozen, right? Because it is a high turnover. They plug and chug, they them. Plug and chug them. And but imagine but, if you took someone from that that has a mindset like, uh, I did the calls, but I kind of hated it. But like, why don't you come here? You still make calls and you got prospect for business, but you're going to five extra income. They'd be so, like, yeah. yeah. So that, that's the, that is. That. And my goal would be like, if you had a buyer's agent here, this is kind of collect. I was like, okay, make your calls, build your business in two years. You're not going to be prospecting new business so much as you're following up with old business and maintaining that. So your calls aren't cold. They're not stupid. They're relationship-wise. Yeah. And eventually, you won't have to take those cold leads. That's why you have an ISA team or a new buyer's agent fluctuating into that the, role. The problem with corporate America, too, is those sales force, they don't see where they can go. Right. right. They're only motivated by a paycheck at that point. And that's a tough way to motivate somebody. Oh, yeah. So I go on Especially a sales floor sucks. and there's 100 people on the sales floor and there's four teams and you're, you know, the hundredth person to come on, you really don't see the vision of how you get promoted in that company. No, because there's one manager and yeah. the one guy, that manager has been there for 20 years because the only way he can go is vice president of sales. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you can, you can sit on that sales floor and you can make all the dials. You can close more and all you are is the best salesperson on that floor. And eventually for that month for that week or that yeah. year. So where the benefit to real estate is like you come on to Trent and our eyes team Right now, we're, I think we're plugging our business, but you come onto our team, you do that same exact work. One, you'll five extra income instantly if you're right. doing the same work. And we're growing we're teams. And you're growing. And the, the, the path of where you want to go is essentially just drawn out in our organization, right? Like, I, you, you tell me that you ultimately want to be a marketing person because there were a lot of people on the sales floor at the last company that wanted to be marketing, but there was only one guy on the marketing team. <laughs> Well, yeah, great. Let me show you how we can get you there quickly, right? You bring in business doing this. We'll already let you start working the marketing stuff right now. You get all this freedom to do whatever you want. As long as you pay for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You got to pay for it. But I just, I think that, uh, I think that a business like this offers so much growth. And no matter how big you get, it could be like, a uh, leads manager, a listings manager. It could be a marketing coordinator, be a closing coordinator. It could be a lead buyer specialist, lead listed. I mean, and, there's a lot to go with. And I love uh, Jimmy McKissick calls them. No one has that around here. Uh, That's the problem. I, I, I always struggled seeing, okay, I can't, how do I get good talent to come work for me? Because that good talent is just going to go work for themselves. But the idea of an entrepreneur versus an entrepreneur, right? You and I started it. We are the entrepreneurs. The entrepreneur is the person who right. works in your business with something that's already started who can blow it up bigger than you can. That's the motivated person that comes and works for your team. Yeah. and Because yeah. I've said before, you're more entrepreneurial or I think like I could start something, get it going, and then jump ship and if I could find someone to take it over. But you don't you don't think like that until you're in a position to where 
shit, how do you make that happen? Yeah. How do I go find somebody? But you don't, I never thought that those people exist. I was like, if I go tell somebody like, they'll just go start their own. It's like, they don't want to start their own. More than likely they don't want to. Yeah. More than likely they don't, but they want to come in, see what you've got and be like, oh, I can really blow this thing up. So so, like if I'm interviewing someone like, hey, I got 5 million plus could easily 10 million if we have the right people here without me even being here. Is that something you want to do? Yeah, but I kind of want to do my own thing. Okay, my expenses are over four thousand dollars a month. Do you want to take that on? Yeah. No. Why? Because they're scared, <laughs> scare-minded. They don't want to take the risk. Yep. That's why people open up a Jimmy John's. They don't open up their own sub shop. Yep. That's why people open up like firehouse subs or whatever. It's a proven business model that they can make money. Yes. Off. And like here you go. Yes, you pay franchise fees and a monthly, whatever, like thirty thousand a month of your income comes to us, and you're paying us five hundred thousand off the top because we got the name and recognition. And we have the processes and models and how you hire people. And we come there and train you. Yep. All you gotta do is you'll make plenty of money. That's why plenty of people open up all those shops. And no one just goes open up their own mom and pa's sandwich shop because they don't know how to do anything. Yep. They can't get the right resources to make the product cheap enough to make the profit on it. And they don't have the model system and the namesake to do it. Yep. So I guess the biggest thing in real estate is make your name, which even then you don't have to do. Yeah. You come in real estate and hire three buyer's agents. Um, spend a shit ton of advertising, get an admin right out the gate. You could be selling 10 to 15 million if you spend enough money on it. Yeah. And you have people that call. This is the next podcast we're talking about is why real estate is the best business in the world. And that's what I think we should end on. Okay. So this one was a plug in your holes, plug your holes in your bucket, in not your just bucket. a funnel of every aspect of your business. The next one we'll talk about why we think real estate is the best business in the world. All right, this is Trent Bargy at the Bargy team. Ben Bolton with the Bolton Group. Follow us at Real Pursuit and you know, spread the word, spread it out. Any questions, send it our way. Peace.